I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I want to get inside a giant globe and run down zombies. Yes. Yeah. That uh, That is a moment that happened in the world beyond, season two. It's the highlight of this show. Yeah. Agreed. It was probably, could have been like one of those jump the shark moments, but unfortunately it was overshadowed by all the other jump the shark moments. Yes. So we we rather enjoyed the uh, globe trotting, uh, so to speak, that occurred. I was in that like, show. "Yay! Something that's happening in this show that suspends my disbelief that I still believe." Exactly. Yes. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, I want to kick off our final episode of 2021. Uh, ho- glad you hung on my words there. Um, this is your last chance for you to be reminded about Extra Life. If you donate $15 and suggest a zombie film for us to watch, you can stack your donations and over $50 uh, throws in an audio commentary of one of your picks. Be sure to include your picks in your donation comment, but of course, if you forget or you want to make some changes, you can follow up via email or Discord or what have you. Uh, we'll have all the links in the show notes for you. bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan is the most important one. Donate there. All of your money goes to uh, Sick Kids, which is a Children's Miracle Network hospital in Toronto. And it also gets you to uh, suggest a film for us to watch, which Lou has been giving suggestions for the past couple months. And I've really appreciated uh, these suggestions. So one last time, Lou, take us out. What is your final 2021 Extra Life recommendation for folks to donate to? I'm going to go for one that's not actually on this list. Something I browsed today and I forgot existed. There is a zombie movie on Shudder called The Shack. And it's about a bunch of people that uh, find out that there's a like a shack in the woods with zombies and somebody tries to feed them to the zombies or something. And I forgot all about this, this movie existed. We talked about it many, many, many moons ago. And I forgot it was a Shudder exclusive. And I was browsing what's on my 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 watch list on Shudder. And I was like, oh, I forgot about this. This might be good for Zan. The Shack. There you go. Definitely check out The Shack on Shudder. So uh, thank you so much. Bit.ly slash Extra Life. Ryan, that's where you can go to donate. And donations are open until the end of December. So if you're listening to this and your clock says 2022, it's too late. You're going to have to wait until our next campaign to donate. We do this every year. But uh, yes, you have until December 31st to donate. And uh, with that, let's move into the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Lou, we are going to be looking at a uh, 2022 in preview zombie content, insert name here, uh, probably in the new year, definitely in the new year. And one of those uh, is going to be, one of those things on the list is going to be The Last of Us HBO series, which has just cast, or I guess recast, its role of Bill. And that is going to be played by Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, 
that's the biggest thing that I know him from is Parks and Rec. So yeah, this is a big deal. Uh, originally, Bill was going to be played by another actor. Uh, I don't know his name, but it's probably in here. Uh, Con O'Neill was originally supposed to guest star as Bill, but they uh, do some scheduling conflicts. He had to exit. And now Nick Offerman is going to be playing Bill. And I think it works. I think it works based on what I remember of the character. I think Nick Offerman would be perfect. I think it works. Uh, I think he has the look. Um, you know, I, 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 it's a good get. But the fact that they're having to do recasting this late into production makes me a little nervous. Just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is a small part of what was the first game, right? Like, it's it's one segment of that game. So it could be one or two episodes. Um, yeah. It's a guest starring role. So again, it could be a couple episodes. I feel like shows are shot so non-linearly that, you know, we know they've been shooting since July. We know there are going to be winter scenes. They're shooting in Canada right now. It is snowing likely in Calgary as we speak. And um, yeah, like I'm not too worried about that. But I think that uh, I think Nick Offerman joining the cast is is an interesting addition. This this show has a crazy cast. I mean, Joel obviously being played by Pedro Pascal. You have Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Um, you know, the other ones you got, uh, Gabriel Luna as Joel's brother. Um, I don't know how Pedro Pascal has all this time. Cause he's also got that new Nicholas Cage movie coming out where Nicholas Cage is playing Nicholas Cage. Wait, is Pedro Pascal in there? Cause you only mis- mentioned Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, well, I said he's. I said Pedro Pascal is oh. in that new Nicolas Cage movie starring Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> okay, it's just you said Nicolas Cage a lot, and I kind of lost track of where Pedro Pascal fit in. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, it's funny. A lot of people were making. I think someone had asked um, Moff Gideon. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, the the guy who plays Moff Gideon. Uh, I'd yeah. ask like, how do you, how do you, uh, how are you shooting? When are you going to shoot season three of the Mandalorian? If Pedro Pascal's too busy in Canada shooting uh, last of us. And, and he said like majority of Pedro's stuff is, uh, is done, you know, with a stunt double, <laughs> you know, in the armor. <laughs> yep. um, now, mind you, Pedro Pascal did as much as he could, uh, I think in the second season, but the first season was primarily him um, just doing VO. Yeah, he was the he was almost all VO in the first season. Yeah, so I mean, we shouldn't really worry about his busy schedule. I mean, he managed to uh, shoot season two of The Mandalorian and one Wonder Woman eighty four. So, um, unfortunately, I guess he was the actually probably the best part of that film. I I should say, but yes, but it did go off the rails by the end. It did. It did. And this is not a DC podcast, so uh, we should move on. Let's yes. look at what is likely to be the uh, the superior live-action Resident Evil series, uh, which is the first... Uh, we got our first tease of Netflix's live-action Resident Evil series. And guess what? They nailed the zombie dogs. You watch the trailer... And that's all you know. That's all they did, is they showed you the zombie dog. Exactly. And you know what I... And, and I saw people on the on the internet being all excited about this, and you know what I did? I gave the finger to my screen and said, that's not enough. Show me more. <laughs> oh, you know what? If anyone's, if anyone ever wrote into the show or in our discord and said, like, I can predict everything that Lou is going to say. <laughs> and I'd say, you're absolutely freaking wrong because this man has no rule book. He is all over the place. Um, 
No, you're fine. That's fine. Because here's no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still excited for the show, but I, I'm so sick of teasers that when they showed me the thing, I was like, ooh, teaser. And I was like, are we going to see an actor? Are we going to see a thing? And I'm like, oh, we saw a dog. Great. But they nailed the look of the dog. They did nail the dog. They nailed the dog. I was like, oh, the dog looks awesome. But tell me more. Like, here's the thing. You look at the the live action Resident Evil trailer, uh, the movie. It's already out. It's out. It uh, came and is now gone. It, it, it's gone. Yeah, it's uh, probably not going to get a sequel. Uh, I don't think it did that well, but uh, it came and it went. And and here's the thing: like the dogs in that trailer did not look great. A lot of the CG did not look great. I think they tried to lean into the video game aspect of it a bit too much, and and a lot of it felt like. I don't know. I didn't see the film, so I don't want to be too mean. I need to see the film before I finally give my thoughts. But I'll say this. I watched this clip and I'm like, okay, you're putting your best foot forward. The zombie dogs look great. I think they're going for a more realistic approach, similar to what the um, the whole six first six films had with the more realistic looking take on on zombies, not zombies, but like just all the monsters, right? Like, they i think this looks great it's short you're absolutely right it's just a super duper short teaser gives us nothing of the characters and that's the thing um we could come back to this series and we know it's it's kind of adjacent to the games it's not really telling a story from the games it's telling a, 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 an original story based on resident evil characters um but we assume but like yeah, like, I don't know. It looks great. You're right. We need to see more. I, no one should be this excited about it. But like, what what they're putting out there seems to me more interesting than what that movie had last or this uh, last month, I guess I should say. But that could be just being being me being mean because I did say I, that movie looked look not great. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, Lou is still flipping the bird. So I'm going to move on. Um, okay. Uh, we got, um, what was the huge news for The Walking Dead? There was big news. There was huge, huge news. news. And we could have totally predicted this news. Yeah, I, I don't know why we didn't. Uh, so essentially, uh, this is not a spoiler for Fear the Walking Dead in, in the sense of the mid-series or mid-season finale. But essentially, the big news that was announced that wasn't Rick or Rick movie related was that fear the walking dead is has been renewed for an eighth season and kim dickens will return as a series regular all i kept thinking is is this is a rumor that's been floating around for like almost two seasons now that she's gonna show back up again she's gonna show back up again i even remember seeing an interview with um uh scott gimbal where he was like he's like oh yeah no we we got big announcements we got big announcements Oh man, I can't wait to talk about this. And then somebody else from The Walking Dead did this thing, and they're like, "Oh man, we have this big news. It's coming. It's coming. This is huge news." And then this came out the day they said that a huge news was going to come out, and I was like, "This is cool. This is exciting." But I don't know if this is mind blowing. You guys have been hinting at this for like three seasons. It's not. It's not game changing in any way, shape, or form. And I mean, I'm I'm super excited. Like I think that this this has the potential to be, um. Uh, this has the potential to be really awesome. Uh, we, I, I, I have not been watching Fear since we watched the pilot of it, the first episode of this season. Um, so I don't know where this show is going, 
but I would love for them to bring her back and have uh, have her meet up with her daughter and um, you know kind of start anew. And I've already seen tons of news articles being like, how are they going to address the fact that so-and-so killed her son? And I'm like, well, she hasn't seen her son in like five years. So I'm assuming she might be okay with the fact he's dead. Because she, 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 she's had a long time to deal with the, the aftermath. Yeah. I think the the one thing that they'll have to address is just her absence. You know, she's been gone yeah. for quite a while on the show, which means she's been missing from from action uh, that we've seen for the. For, she's been gone yeah. for th- she's been gone for three seasons, but over the course of the last three seasons, it's been considered more than three years. Yeah, there so, is a significant time jump, and I feel like they said that fear is basically caught up with with The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. So I I think like. I think that this is big news in the sense that people were asking for it. We were asking for it. I love Kim Dickens. She's amazing in Fear the Walking Dead. And when they killed her off, sort of off camera, it was it, it was frustrating. But it always left the door open for her returning. I think the further you got away from that moment, the harder it was to, to bring her back in without having to, like, oddly... Be exp- hand-wavy. Yeah. So I'm, like, really interested to see... I'm I'm really interested to see how they bring her back. My only gripe is is if they bring her back and line her up as the next villain, I'm going to be mad. And see, this is the thing. This is the thing that people keep doing. They keep assuming that when they bring back these characters, they're going to be the big bad. We're going to b- talk about World Beyond later on. But a lot of people were like, oh, there's a character off camera they keep referencing as this big, big bad. I wonder if it's Rick. It's like, I'm pretty sure... It can't be Rick. It, there are reasons it can't be, yes. But like, I'm pretty sure it's not Rick because when Rick comes back, he's going to be Rick. Um, if he's not Rick, it'll be for a small portion of of that movie where he's not Rick. You know, because like, that's the reason they're bringing Rick back is so he can be Rick. Same thing with with uh, with Madison. They're bringing her back so she can be Madison. Yeah. If they don't bring her back so she can be Madison, then AMC is finally like missed the point on this show. Yeah. I do not think they're that far gone. The reason Madison is coming back, and they said this on The Talking Dead, is because the fans never stopped asking when she was coming back. And I mean, AMC did set themselves up by having her die off camera. Um, It very much looked like she went down um, in a giant blaze at the stadium, like a huge fire. But like, there are ways that, that you can easily showcase her escaping. The biggest struggle is like, how did she not meet up with her her kids and and why is it taking how is she going to get back to them six years later and again if they involve the crm with it gosh i hope not but there is that connection between uh althea and her crm person there could be some connection there um but it's hard to say so i mean we won't know until season eight they're gonna reveal that the crm found her on the pile of dead bodies inside that inside that stadium and they were like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Madison. And they're going to go, join us. You kill zombies better than anybody we know. You know what I mean? It better be not something that dumb. But yeah. knowing AMC, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, especially after having just sat through 10 episodes of what we're going to talk about tonight. I I don't think it's going to be stupid. I think they're going to bring her back in, a, in an eloquent way. I don't think it's going to be perfect because it can't be. They've set themselves up where there's no way it'll be perfect. 
but I think it'll be worth the wait. And uh, we'll find out in, I'm guessing, August when Fear returns or October or whenever it, whenever the, the COVID schedule has changed. It used to be April when it would premiere, right? It was kind of lined up perfectly. But now we have like multiple Walking Dead shows at the same time. It's, uh, it's a lot. Yep. Um, and speaking of multiple Walking Dead shows, yes, we are going to talk about uh, World Beyond Season 2, which is the series finale. And like always, we're going to uh, start it with an intro. These are people's lives we're talking about. Portland needs to know. We have to figure out what's going on, what, what all this means. Okay. We need to leave word for Will and Elton. What are we going to do about Silas? I told Silas not to wait for us if we didn't show, to go back to the outpost until we figured things out. We just have to hope that's what he did. That's it then? You're scrapping the escape plan? Hope's right, we need answers. And what? Then we make sure they don't get away with it. Okay then, let's get some answers. Lou, let's get some answers. And the reason I chose that as the intro clip, because we really don't. We get, get none. Yeah. There's no answers. We get we get more questions. A lot of s- weird, silly questions that we spent a good chunk of the pre-show discussing. And uh, we... We're going to bring them all back again. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna talk about them. I did say to Lou, let's... There was positives in this season that we have to talk about. So, yeah. Let me start right off the bat. Hmm. I definitely enjoyed this season more than I liked the first one. Um... I absolutely hated that first season. <laughs> yes. Like, like it was the most painful, like 10 episodes of anything I've ever watched in my entire life. And I say that and I'm not being like exaggerating. Like, I'm like, I'm, like I'm not saying that in hyper to be hyper hyperbolic. I'm just saying that like, I started the first episode. And I was like, I don't like any of these kids. I don't like where this show is going. This is really dumb. Let's give it a second episode in the second episode. They doubled down on all the dumb. And it was like every episode. It wasn't until like the last two episodes of the season that I even cared about the characters or even. And it wasn't even all of the characters. It was only like two of them that I actually cared about. And the rest, I was like, you can all die. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. And so my big hope with this season was that they were going to kind of redo- redeem all that. And they did a little bit like. Um, is this is this this show as bad as the first season? No, but it's still not good. I here's the thing. I think the first season is is bad. It's it's not good. Um, I would probably look at the second season as being um okay to good. Like it's not like you said. It's not bad. I, I guess we're in agree, agreement here. It's not okay. Let's give it a rating scale. First okay. season is is a one out of ten. Second season is like a four or five out of 10. Like you're not going to be tearing your hair out while you watch it. But, but while you watch it, you're going to be like, well, that's a plot hole. Oh, that's that that doesn't make any sense. Boy, the, 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 that, that they needed, the, the, there was a budget issue here. Like that, like that whole show is like that. My favorite thing. Well, my favorite thing, the, watching the show that I was excited for is at one point, two people get inside a giant metal globe and run down zombies down a hill. And that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see more of that. But 
other than that, my other favorite mo- moments is at one point they put, uh, I want to make sure I get his name right. Hold on. I want to make sure I get his name right. Uh, Felix. Right. Uh, they put Felix uh, in a sweater. <laughs> and then they keep putting him in a room with a camera with uh, where the camera keeps panning over him and there's a fluorescent light over him and every time they pan him the cam- the camera doesn't like his sweater so you get this weird like metallic effect over his sweater and it literally it like if you, when you take photos and you get like a flash and you get like the red eye it's kind of like that effect but on his sweater and every time they pan over him it's like a constant moving shimmer and it literally is only done when a camera hits somebody and i'm like could they not have changed his sweater cuz he wasn't in that sweater in a prior scene hmm. like i was like i was like could they have not moved the light a little bit to make sure that this effect didn't happen on his sweater maybe and i was like okay and then another moment in the show that i loved that was bad is at some point Iris is looking up at the camera and there's like a floodlight thing going down on her and you can see where they've caked on the foundation on her face so that they, so that she doesn't have any blemishes. And when you see it, you're like, Oh yeah, that, that girl's got makeup on. Like how did they not, how did an editor not see this and they take a different shot from a different direction? Like all the stuff I saw, I was like, wow. This is definitely B or C team with AMC. Here's the thing. Um, those are perfectly valid points, but uh, I and I, I didn't notice them. I was watching sort of second screen, but... So was I, and these stood out. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing. There are issues with this season, with this series, with the entire Walking Dead Walk. universe that are... Uh, actual problems as opposed to like, oh, there's the wrong camera angle. Like, we we watch a lot of garbage. Uh, yes, we do. You know, there's a lot of zombie and garbage is, out there. And this is starting to get into zombie garbage. Like, this whole show. Yeah, but I'm talking more from like, like, yes, absolutely. From the plot point and sort of the effects. Like, I, I agree with you. The effects in this season don't really stand up to what we're used to in the walking yeah, dead there's crime. literally there's literally a point in one episode where they're killing zombies and you keep getting close-ups of the zombie's face approaching the screen mm-hmm. and then a hand waves by the screen with like a knife or a blade or whatever so it's a forced perspective so that you think that they're swinging at the thing but you can see the cg where they overlap the swinging motion from a green screen of the person's hand in front of the zombie. And then the effect of like the zombie getting stabbed in the head is like, like 1990s bad CG effect. Yeah. Those, um, Silas would use these. I thought there was some sort of like mechanism that made the, the faces explode, but it is literally just like a curved pitchfork thing. And every time he'd use it, like the zombies heads would just like spontaneously combust. And I'm like, what is this thing? That they're using that is just causing these zombies. It wouldn't heads. work like that. It I, wouldn't yeah. work like that. But it. But that's fine. I can. That's minor. The other thing that was bothering me this whole show, this whole show, mm-hmm. is the same thing that was bothering me towards the end of last season. The end of last season, they make reference to Omaha, mm-hmm. and they say that the that that the CRM let. A hundred thousand people die, and I'm like, that's an awful lot of people. Like in regular Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, 
We've met groups like the Saviors. We've met groups like the Whisperers. We've got the people in Alexandria, Hilltop, uh, Riverside. We've got all these other groups, right? But if you told me that the size of those communities was more than a couple hundred people, I'd be like, yeah, that's believable. Even now, in regular Walking Dead, we've been introduced to um, the Commonwealth, right? Yeah. And we've had them wandering around a city or what looks like a sectioned off portion of a city. And that's very cool. But I wouldn't believe there's 100,000 people walking around in the Commonwealth. If you told me there were 20,000 people, yeah, probably. Okay, I can, I, can, I can see that. They've got enough civilization. But the CRM tells us that not only is there a major CRM city, but then they also have Omaha, which they let die. And then they've got the, 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 they've got Columbus, where uh, 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 I think Hope and all of them are from. Campus right? Colony, right? Campus Colony. They let them die, and that's but they, they they imply to us that that's a couple thousand people at Campus Colony, and I'm like, wow, okay. And then they go, oh yeah, and then there's Portland on the other side, and there's like another eighty thousand people, and I'm like, where did all these people come from? Because we've been seeing The Walking Dead from like three other shows, and we never see more than a couple, maybe a, maybe a couple hundred people living in a community together. There's too many dead. Yeah, I. <sighs> I think you're 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 fine to, you know, critique the fact that like we have not seen a community this large. How does that work? Uh, you know, um, with with the amount of dead that are around. Um, but for me, it's like I that was never that was never an issue for me. Like, OK, yes, you're right. We have only scale has been a real tough problem when it comes to The Walking Dead and, and the way it's portrayed. It really has only been able to showcase communities of 100 plus and when you start to say like 100,000 people lived here that was never illustrated to me I mean I don't I don't live in a I don't live in a big town and and to imagine a town of 100,000 I, I guess I yeah the, to walled off and protected by from zombies it's it's it can be far-fetched but again like this is a, a zombie show like walls are not like impossible to build it's just i think that um all of our experience in the walking dead is anytime you build a wall some dickweed comes over and knocks it down and then the zombies get in like that has been the plot to this show for the last decade and to see these these groups of people that are surviving and and keeping these walls up so that they continue to bring in more survivors over the course of eight years, you're basically telling me, and it's only far-fetched in this in the Walking Dead world, you're basically telling me that that these folks survived long enough and didn't come across evil people, because that's always what happens. Um, they just had a good decade, you know, to to basically build these walls. And the only reason it's unbelievable, Lou, is because this this show, this universe, has trained us to believe that th for every square mile, there's at least one asshole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's our fault. I'm not sitting here saying like we're wrong. I'm more just thinking that. I mean, the, we know who the asshole is. The asshole in the room is the CRM. It's just that they saw the need for some reason. I don't know why, but for some reason to form an alliance with these other these other colonies, and that's the the sort of the 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 crux of the whole story is that like they had this alliance. 
Um, they never answer why they had the alliance. Some people said like, oh, they had this alliance just to see how strong we were. But in the end, the alliance is broken. Like CRM takes out two of the three colonies that we know of that they had, um, which was Omaha and, and Campus Colony. But then like... And they're going to take out Portland too now. Yeah, and that's their plan to take out Portland. That plan is foiled by uh, the Bennett sisters and their crew. But like, that's the idea. That's the CRM idea is like, we don't know why they had the alliance. It must have been beneficial to them at some point to have this alliance. But then they cut... They cut everybody loose because the over the course of the season, they're slowly unveiling why they did it. And the core it reason... no sense. Yeah, the core reason is basically, well, they'll never be self-sufficient. In a few years, they will continue to downfall. They will bring disease into our into our walls. They'll take us down with them, so we need to take them out. It, they consider it mercy. Well, then they, and, and then they explain, well, how do you know that? And they go, and Jadis says, uh, which Jadis is back. Yeah, which which she's probably the worst thing about this show. Yeah, we'll we'll have to come back to her, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, but she says the the she says to Huck, who's asking her about it. She goes, "Well, the computer modeling told us that," <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, okay, why don't you take those hundred thousand people, see if you can get thousands of them to migrate south, and maybe if the issue is food, right?" Mm-hmm. Take them further south where it's sunny all the time and pretty moderate climate and you don't have to deal with winter and start a new colony where they can just be farmers. You know what I mean? And then they can supply food that can be distributed to everybody else. Why are you just going to kill 100,000 people for no reason? Those people would, I'm I'm sure if you explain to them, hey, we think that you're all going to starve if we don't do something. We'd like to have a bunch of you move someplace else. I'm sure you'd get thousands of people to volunteer to go someplace else. Yeah. And I mean, instead, they basically somewhat trick slash kidnap all the really, really smart people like um, the the scientists and such and bring them into the they don't even really I don't know if they call it a city, but they bring it into the CRM area um, the facility or whatever it is. Yeah. Like is this this it's not even the main CRM area they talk about a which is confusing because they don't tell you that Mm -hmm. they do a really bad job of explaining that that's a satellite like installation and they don't give you an idea of how many people are in that facility um but it doesn't seem very big you know yeah and then all of a sudden you're they're like oh yeah this isn't even our main city we have a big city and i'm like like okay so now we, that you've got satellite operations, you've got this other thing. We know from regular Walking Dead, you've got helicopters flying around and leaving supplies places and doing this other thing. And your helicopter people shoot people on sight without even asking questions. Yeah. So you're telling me now you've reached, you've approached communities and become friends with them? Like, like, like the the the, the CRM as a group is so all over the place. You're like, you. Like their motivations are not clear and they don't make sense. I, I think their motivations are are they say so their motivations are we are ensuring the future of humanity by any means necessary, and they're basically that's what they what they think they're doing by by you know taking out Omaha by taking out the campus colony they are preserving themselves because they see themselves as the future. I mean they are evil. They're just they are very bad. Uh, they're a very bad group of people, uh, ran by a very bad group of people. And like, 
they are they are just like the mustache twirling you know walking dead bad guy uh, you know done up to the hundred thousand plus army style like i think crm was interesting as a mystery and now you bring it in and you start to just basically like showcase it without explaining it and it kind of ruins it, it ruins it literally ruins the mystery like i think the mysterious helicopters flying above was like a very cool lost-esque mystery and now that you've done a series that doesn't do that mystery justice it kind of ruins any future use of that mystery like i mean i think fear did a better job at 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 working with the CRM without like ruining that mystery. Like it, it, it added humanity to it. You get introduced to the helicopter lady and her, mm. her, and her conversation with the other lady, the other, uh, Al- with, Althea. What, Althea. And it, it's interesting. And you, 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 there is this belief that, okay, so these helicopter pilots are leaving supplies for something and maybe recon soldiers or something. You know what I mean? Like it, like it, th- these aren't bad things. These make sense. They're shooting people on site. Okay, that that makes sense if they're a secretive private community. And then the first thing we get that, that we get introduced to in the world beyond is that oh yeah, the CRM is our friend. Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh? All right, that's let's not going to end where well. This goes. That's <laughs> not going to end well. Let's see where this goes. And everywhere it goes is like bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so uh, uh, the the other thing in this series that's just it's bad is Hope was the wild child last season, whereas Hope wanted to always take the risk. Hope always wanted to do the the, the crazy thing. Hope wasn't the smart one. And Iris was always the one that was like, no, we got to stop. We got to think about this. Uh, We can't let our emotions cloud our judgment. We've got to do this other thing. And then for some reason this season, it's like they reversed roles. Mm -hmm. It literally feels like what they did was they meant to have the other kid go and then they decided to pull a quick change at the last minute and we're like oh crap we gave the wrong kid that's all right just write them like they were the other kid anyway nobody'll notice the difference yeah i i feel like um look if we're talking characters i don't think the sisters they're the are... least like they're the least interesting of all of the ki- characters in the show yeah they're not interesting. Um, every time their dad was on camera, I'm like, give me more of him. Yeah. Every time every time Felix was on camera doing stuff, I was like, give me more Felix. He's not my favorite character, but it's nice to see see a Rick-style badass walking around threatening people. Give me yeah. that. No, he was you know, he was really he, good. I'm glad he survived. Even, even Huck. Like, by the end of, like, the second episode, you're like, oh, no, Huck's definitely going to be a good guy. And yeah. sure enough. Huck's really kind of a good guy by the end of the second episode, I think. And you're like, all right, let's see where this is going. And it just, it just, and then you you get introduced to Felix's husband and he's an interesting character, but they kind of just use him as a trope. Every time they need somebody to like do something and save the day, or they need somebody to do something rescues, they're like, oh yeah, that guy, let's go have him do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue. And he's never in a scene very long, but then they go, oh, yeah, let's go. We forgot about him. Let's go over here. Yeah. No, I I think that uh, you're absolutely right. Like those, I think Felix's husband could have been better used. Uh, He always felt like he was sort of off camera until they needed someone to come in. And there's literally a scene where um, 
they are it, it happens multiple times where they're they're the crm are going to take out the uh the the smaller colony that sort of runs interference for people that might come across the the facility and um they're going to they're going to wipe them out and and basically there's a standoff and then not only does silas and uh huck's husband show up i think his his name is is it dennis it could be something yeah. yeah i think it's dennis they show up randomly but then show so does uh felix's husband and it's one of those moments of like oh okay we're all just kind of showing up to save the day and i mean it makes sense that they show up but it's like it's almost like convenient character placement to just have these characters show up and i think they could have done a lot more with this character that had been with the crm similar to hope and iris's dad and had escaped and could tell both sides of that story of like being there, discovering their evil, escaping. They get into it a little bit, but they drop it like a hot potato in favor of him kind of just running running around off camera and then showing up when they need him to, to, to come in and help save the day. So like there's some there's some weird balancing here where like the show was given two seasons. It was a two season series uh, ad announcement and it felt like they just didn't balance it correctly because there are moments like we just described. Uh, they focus in on things we didn't find very interesting, but then the way it ends also leaves like a lot of strands that easily could have been wrapped up in season two with some trimming or, or touched upon in season three. They've certainly done a, an additional season with less stuff. There was one moment. It was one episode. I want to say it's episode four, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's episode three, four, or five. It's somewhere in the middle where Iris and them have not gone to join the C. Her and Felix have not going gone to join the CRM. But Huck and Iris literally sneak out, go find their sis, her sister, and Felix, and they sit down and have this conversation where they're like, "Guys, you need to come back with us and become part of the society here. We'll bring them down from the inside." and you need to do this thing. You need to do this. And literally, Iris spends the entire episode being like, no, I won't join them. No, screw those people. No, they're bad. They killed all our friends. No, no, no. She spends the whole episode. And the beginning, like the first five minutes of the next episode, Iris goes, we got to get inside there somehow. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Is like... I was like, this is so stupid. And almost nothing changed between the, those, like, the, between episodes. Like, maybe it was revealed somebody needed medication or something. But that wasn't the reason they were doing any of this. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, it's literally like, it, this show feels like they had a, a plot outline. Like, beginning of the season, we're here. Middle of the season, we need to be here. And at the end, this is how it's going to end, right? But they mm. didn't know how to get from A, B to C. Wow. And so it, it, it feels like every week was written by a, different, by a different writer who didn't read the prior script's episode. So they only had like an outline. Yeah. I can see that, how that, that could be, you know, um, you, you can see that. No, I, I think that... There is some interesting plot lines um, where, you know, they look in like the CRM is they feel they're doing, 
you know, uh, important scientific work. They're trying to, so there's a couple things they lay out that aren't, um, they, they don't come to a conclusion, but they, they establish that like, there's this program where they're studying, um, the, uh, they're trying to get the decay to increase. So they're trying to make the zombies decay faster so that they, so that they'll die. So that they'll die. Yeah. Die out and, 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 you know, won't be a threat. There's another, uh, sort of more secretive, uh, research they're doing, which is researching reanimation, which does require, uh, live test subjects. Now they say like, we, we know they're evil. So a lot of those live test subjects are people that are, that are being taken against their will and killed. But then they, you know, the, the scientist lady kind of covers it up by saying like, well, a majority of the people we get are already bit from the field. And that's where the A comes in the A or B, uh, captors from the walking dead that uh, that jadis was talking to um when it came to the crm so an a being you're going on the table for scientific research um and in this case likely alive and you'll be killed or a b i think a b was more like a soldier type or or a a person of value that could be brought in yeah so like and that's where well i mean here i've got a clip here where basically it, it is it is laid out you did to Omaha? We had no choice. Your mother understood that. My mother lost her way. But this? This was always who you were. You traded someone to get into the CR, right? Now you take it in, somebody's life. People are a resource. I had someone special. I had an A. But I said that he was a B so he wouldn't end up in your mother's lab. I owed him that much. So yeah, I traded someone to get into the city. And then I saw what this world could become. So I signed up. And now, now I'm doing all the things that you couldn't. So here's, so in that clip explains a little bit more about Rick and the AB system and stuff. And, and there are little nods to Rick, but no still, mention. And it's still very vague. Super vague. But uh, th- this is another uh, thing I wanted to bring up that was a bummer for me is that like, usually the Walking Dead it has some poorly written parts, but for the most part, even the poorly written parts are acted well and they're they're sort of lifted up. I felt like there were moments later on in this season, in the season specifically, where the writing really tanked and the delivery did not lift that dialogue up. And I, you heard some of it in there. You get the distinct. I get the distinct impression that a bunch of people in this show realized how bad it was after the first season or after they had already signed on to the project and they're like, oh man, this is a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, I'm no actor, but you know, I just, there were some scenes that felt like kind of, but, but there were few and far between. And I, I, let's talk about Jadis because they bring her back. um, So we have a lot of time with Jadis from walking dead. mm -hmm. And She's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you never get this distinct impression in regular Walking Dead. She's sane. No, you in The Walking Dead, she's portrayed, at least at the beginning, as someone who is a who who is not all there. But later on, it's revealed that she was it's it's all an act. It's all a survival act. Right. Like, that's her jam is that she puts on an act to survive and bring people to her side. And that is all explained further in the world beyond but like they bring jadis back and there is obviously this huge gap where we don't know what happened and they say that jadis has only been there six years and so and so you go you go okay 
She was brought in six years ago, and she's now like the lead interrogator. She's like a like a like a deputy lieutenant or something. I forget what they give her as a title. And you're like you're and you're like okay, all right. So she's in charge of things. You're telling me they brought this crazy lady in from a junkyard, brought her in, whipped her into shape, made her a soldier, and managed. She managed to jump up the ranks faster than anybody else. And now she's like in charge of her own little command squad team. I'm like. I spent time with this character, and in regular Walking Dead, she was very quiet, kind of timid. She didn't give, she didn't say a whole lot. And in this show, she don't shut up. And you're like, <laughs> and it's not that the actress is bad. I believed every line she was saying. I was just like, this doesn't feel like I'm even looking at the same character. This could have been anybody. Yes. This was only made to be Jadis, so that we had some kind of tie-in to Rick, and would go, oh. Because if they made this any other kind of generic person, it wouldn't have mattered. They could have made this. They could have left that character alone and made it uh, Hawk's mom. Uh, 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 and 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 nothing would have changed. Yeah, I I think that uh, bringing Jadis back works as it it gives us that connective tissue that I keep complaining that AMC just doesn't seem to feel they need yet is the number one reason the mcu and the new star wars stuff works um and they they've done it here they brought her in we last we saw her she was she was flying off to the crm with rick and yes there is a gap uh of story there where jadis when she left the crew um in the walking dead she was she had turned she was a good person she had turned a new leaf she was working with rick they had a good working relationship she had kind of joined alexandria um but she does have that previous history with crm where she was trading people uh to the crm she she had sent she tried to send father gabriel uh she had successfully sent heath there's a lot of stuff where that she had done with the crm previous to this uh, and she even used the Negan line of like people are a resource as well. You heard that in the clip, but right, her coming back um, without that middle story that we're obviously going to get in the movies kind of feels like yeah, you're right. That could have been any other character. Any act, it could have been a brand new character, and it would have been fine because like she has no connection to these new characters. Um, you almost need like Rick or more of a Rick presence for that, for her showing back up to make sense. Right. Cause now it's just her. Like I can see her. I can totally see her rising in the ranks. Cause that's her. She's a chameleon. She kind of works her way through. She does what she needs to do to survive and to thrive. And where she ends up in the CRM makes perfect sense for her character. Cause she has gone fully to that CRM side of like, no, we're working to the future. This is what we're doing. And, um, yeah, like she's uh, she's she is pretty high up. Like this is now evidently Jadis has shown up earlier in World Beyond, uh, but like her first introduction is when we find out that uh, I guess she was trained by Huck. So there's th- this little inter- interaction I thought was was fun. Hope we get to catch up a little while I'm here, and I hope I don't have to arrest you. you told me that last time you saw me, but I'm serious this time. Back the hell off, bitch. So, like, there is this conversation in the hallway. We get the sense that these two characters know each other. But, like, this is not the Jadis that we remember. She's kind of, she has fully, you know, 
turned herself into this into the CRM officer. Um, so it is, like you said, Lou, it feels like a very completely different character. And it's a bit jarring, still jarring, the more I think about it. Because she, she just keeps going down that path. Like at the end of this season, which she should not have survived considering what she went through, but through the by the end of the season, she is the new big bad. She is the leader of the facility. She overthrows um, Elizabeth, Huck's mom. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's just... Uh, it is unfortunate that they bring her back and now they've they've sort of set her up as the big bad in probably what will likely be like the third Rick movie if we get to that point. Well, okay. So the other thing too is, so we have the CRM, we have all this crap going on, we've got all these other things and that we've got we've got to deal with Jadis. Well, at some point, I think it's like episode 7, they've got it what's Hawkeye's in a, alone in a room with Jadis with a gun. Right. And right. it's clear that Jadis doesn't suspect her. And she just shot another guy in the face because the guy was going to rat her out. And she's alone in this room with Jadis and Jadis seems to believe her. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know, she could just shoot Jadis now and it would cause chaos because nobody would know what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, she could shoot Jadis in the face and then tell somebody, hey, uh, she was in league with the enemy. She was she was manipulating behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Who's gonna argue it with her? Who's gonna d- disagree with her? The, everybody else seems to be just a guy in a face mask, except for Lieutenant Frank. I had to look him up because he bothered me. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, but but he bothered me because I remembered seeing him in an episode of the first season, but he wasn't like a standout character. Like he was just a dude that like her that Huck's mom gives orders to, and the guy goes, "What are we gonna do about that, man?" And she's like, "We'll deal with it when it comes." Like it's just just this throwaway guy, and then all of a sudden he gets introduced, and uh uh this season as more as more of a bigger role, but he's still just a guy standing in the background. Like, and then someone will give him an order and he'll go, yes, ma'am. Like, he he's not like this intimidating guy that's, like, threatening people. And then they put him and Felix in a room together. And it's like watching two A-macho guys yell at each other. And, and he's like, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. And I'm like, why are they, why are they threatened by each other? This doesn't make any sense. These characters don't seem to have any backstory together. And so, all of a sudden, it was like Felix had a guy that was, like, his enemy. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then at one point towards the end, that guy is hunting Felix and the other guys in the thing. And Felix goes, I'm going to lead them away. Because trust me, that guy's a jerk. He'll follow me. And the guy follows him. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then the guy starts discussing with him. And this is where I have a theory about where the Rick movie is going to go. But we'll get there in a minute. The guy says, I read your psych profile. You this, 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 the other thing. You got daddy issues and blah, 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 blah. And don't let me down. Da, 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 da. And what does Felix do? Felix opens a gate and lets the guy get swarmed by zombies. And I was like, and it's the coolest fight in the entire show. Mm-hmm. It's the coolest fight. And not because the other guy is good, but because Felix has like, like, it's basically like a double-sided lightsaber that he's like wa- swinging around killing zombies left and right. And I'm like, why hasn't he killed this guy already? And then he stabs the guy and he pulls it out and it's the worst CG 
gut de- bowel disembowelment. I'm used to watching Walking Dead when somebody gets stabbed in the gut and then they disembowel them. You see all the crap fall on the floor. This is like copy and paste paint on CG of this guy's gut falling out. And then they just show him laying there and they don't even show the zombies like munching on him. They just show the zombies going for him. And you're like, yeah, wow, they they they, they didn't have budget for this. But what bothered me is it was they, it felt like paint by numbers. We need somebody for Felix to fight. So like four episodes in, we're going to introduce this guy and make sure that they butt heads so you know that they're enemies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's so bad writing. It feels like video game writing. Yeah. No, there's definitely points where they feel like we need this person to fight this person. And, you know, uh, I think like that that stuff's fine. That is just tropey writing. It, it is part of the genre. It's part of a lot of TV writing. Honestly, like. But, the, I, but, it, but this stands out so much because it's so poorly written and so poorly executed. I don't know. But you just said it led to the best fight scene in the whole show. So like. But it it led to the best fight scene. But that could have they could have had they could have had him have a showdown with Jadis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jadis uh. and Huck didn't need to add the ending. And then in two episodes or three episodes prior, uh, Huck is in a situation where she's in a standoff with Jadis and has Jadis at gunpoint. And I'm like, why don't you just shoot her? Mm-hmm. She's clearly not going to give up. Uh, you can shoot her and take that kid hostage again and use him as leverage. Or you can shoot her and let that kid live, or shoot them both, right? <laughs> yeah, I like, suppose. Well, I'm just saying the the kid has made it clear that he is with CRM 100, percent and he's going to do whatever it takes, you know. And then Hope and Iris, Iris looks at Hope and goes, "Don't pull the trigger. It will it will re- bring back your PTSD." And it's the flashback of her having to shoot her mother, and I'm like, the mother, Elton's mother. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like. All right. Yeah. So don't shoot her. I was waiting for her to pass the gun to Iris and then Iris to shoot her. And I'm like, oh, wait, they're not going to need do that be- because they need this kid for the Rick movie for some reason. Oh, uh, the kid's a spoiled brat. Like, he, the kid didn't, the kid ran, like, he shouldn't have because Hope was telling the truth. Like, if you just stayed there, it would have been fine. We would have let you go. But, like, he's a brat. He's an army, br- he's... He's just a kid that uh, doesn't know what he's doing, and he's obviously been coddled, right? But like that, that that stuff didn't didn't bug me. I think like uh, we've we've talked a lot about the stuff that that has been bugging us, but I think that the show. I love that they finally went back to the science because there's always a lot of people in this world that are scientists, and we finally got back to that. And really, they haven't touched on it since the CDC stuff in the first season. And I, and I know we want to jump to the, we're going to jump to the end in a bit, but I want to talk about like the scientific work they were trying to do where they're like looking at um, the reanimation, looking at, you know, advancing decay. And the idea being that at the end of this season, the scientists that left the CRM, were going to continue their work in a humane way to try to save humanity as opposed to an uh, by all means or by all costs or whatever. And I and I like that angle of like, let's look at the science. I think that's really interesting and, and represents, I think, the best hope in terms of, uh, you know, we haven't had hope in a long time yeah. with this right. show. And I think that is where this show ends really, really well. It gives, there's hope at the end of this series. And that is 
that is really good because we've never had that in The Walking Dead. Yeah, that that was the one thing that I, I was like, oh right, we've got we've got we see uh, Iris and um, her friends going to Portland to warn them, and that journey was supposed to take eight months, and I was like, well, that's a long walk. <laughs> All right, cool, and 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 I'm okay with that. I won't get into like how difficult that journey is going to be. And, you know, that's an awful like hand wavy thing that all of a sudden they're in Portland. Gee, I hope last of us doesn't do that, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. And then they cut back to them setting up a new lab and doing other things. And I'm like, that's cool. And then we get to see, you know, Cyrus, which, by the way, Cyrus went from a character last season I couldn't stand to a character I really liked this season. Yeah, Silas. I kept wa- Silas. I kept waiting for him to like irk me in some way because I really he bothered me last season because they set him up as like the little psychopath that was following them around. Yeah, who was gonna was gonna eventually go crazy, and then as this season went on, it was like, oh, he's not as crazy. He's got his crap together now. No, he's smart. He listens and he adapts, and I and not in a creepy way. Like he, he came a long way. And I also enjoyed Huck's husband that gets introduced this season. I was waiting for him to double cross them or be a jerk. Mm-hmm. And then as you get more and more of his story, you realize, oh, he's been put in charge of these kids because they don't trust him. And not only do they not trust him, but he's kind of sick of the CRM too. So, oh, and I was like, all right. <laughs> This is an interesting character, and he and he has an interesting arc as well. Yeah, I I think um and this is this is the thing I I want to get to a few more clips that I have, but like I think that AMC is showing some weird restraint with this series because they they easily could have taken the the leftover bits and started a season three and. I think that there's one of two things happening here. They needed two seasons to get some characters to a point for the movies um, that they're working on that are going to deal with the CRM uh, or Tales or the, yeah, the other shows. Um, Or they just wanted to tell a story and that's it. They're going to drop it. I I don't think that's the case. I think we come back to at least Jadis and Silas Um, Portland possibly, but like, there's it's weird that they're not you know they're not immediately announcing and then these characters will show up here because that seems to be they either do one of two things they drop things like a hot potato or they like lead us into the next thing and they it's kind of odd that they've left these characters hanging i think that they intended this to do better and to be bigger and i i think that the first season tanked so bad that AMC had already signed on for a second season. And rather than drop like a hot potato and cancel it, they decided to just give them a second season, 10 episodes, write this thing so that we can do something with some characters or we can drop it like a hot potato. I think that was the plan after the first season is they knew that they needed to wrap things up in a nice little bow so that if they decided to include something down the road, they could. And, and I think the telling thing is that last clip at the end. Yeah. Okay. So before we we get to that, I'm gonna play some clips, and then we'll talk about this the stinger, which tangentially related to the rest of the series. But anyways, um, 
this was a this was an intro I almost used and I, I labeled it as better intro, so I can't let you leave here alive. You don't let me go. Dennis is gonna die. Then I'll die. Dennis. I'm sorry, man, I got orders. <laughs> Who was that guy? Uh, it doesn't matter, he'll be out for a while. I uh, found the way in. Yeah, it wasn't marked very well. Signage in this place leaves uh, something to be desired. Okay, so Elton is my favorite character of this whole series. He's come a long yep. way and he's amazing. And uh, Corduroy, he's bringing it back and I was skeptical, the, but. The other thing about him too is when the show first picked up again, I wasn't sure I was going to like him. They kept focusing on him, but his story really wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, he was in that camp, and they just would kind of have him, oh, he's making friends with the other girl in the camp. Oh, he's t he knows they need medical supplies. He's going to help the other kid, the other guy come up with a plan. Oh, And, like, he's just this bit part that I was like, why is he even here? They could have written him out. I like his character, and I like him, and he has interesting dialogue, but he's just kind of like background thing. And then all of a sudden, in like the last three episodes, they're like, yeah, he's clubbing people over the head. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's saving the day. And I was like, where was this three episodes ago? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's really great, and I mean, he also was part of the our favorite part of this entire series, which was the, uh, how are we going to get out of here? I got an idea, and, they, and him and Silas climb into this... Uh, this giant metal ball that that we see. And again, like, I gotta say, as much as we talk about this series, this season having issues like plot holes and weirdness. Um, that was they, awesome. They do a lot of foreshadowing, you know? Like, they have a specific moment where they talk about that globe as this piece of artwork that they've installed, and it doesn't even feel forced. It kind of works to the rest of the story that they're telling this tale. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking that that globe was going to go somewhere. I wasn't even thinking that. So when they show it coming down the hill, I wasn't even sure they were in it at first. They just show the globe rolling down the hill at first. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, are they rolling it down the hill? And then you realize they're inside of it. And you're oh, like, that's oh, that's awesome. This is great. It is so good. And um, again, like there's lots to love about this series, but I feel like they needed to tighten it up. They could have made it. They could have made it one season if they really wanted to. I did not enjoy the journey of season one. Not, not only that. But even this episode, there were what felt like filler episodes. And it was only 10 episodes long. Yeah. It goes by they quick. Could have, they could have totally have left out the whole community thing with the lady needing diabetic medicine. They could have left that whole plot point out. It served almost no purpose. It, it, it felt like somebody threw it in so that they could give somebody a motivation, realizing that nobody was asking for that motivation. Yeah. Um, I've got more Elton here. Uh, here we go. Holy shit, they were turnips! So, I had to, I had to clip that one. Uh, it's one of my favorites. One thing I do want to say that it bothered me, but it was, it's a minor thing, but it did drive me crazy, is we've seen these characters get grimy, we've seen these characters get dirty, you know, and it's a TV show. We can't expect them to all be neat and clean all the time or whatever. But... The girl playing Iris, they need a they need a new if if, if if whoever did the makeup and hair design for these characters needs to get fired <laughs> because because Iris spends the whole show with curly hair 
And her hair is so curly. The only way your hair gets that way is if you're getting perms on a regular basis. And so every time she would be in a scene, I'm like, man, her hair is curly and like super curly. And then I'm like, maybe it wasn't in the first season. I don't remember what her first season looks like. And then they do this throwback in the last episode where they cut to a scene. And it's the scene where they, before they jump out the door and adventure out into the world. Right. And her hair was dark and not curly. And I'm like, huh. So when did they have time in the wastelands? And she spends so much time complaining about the CRM. She obviously doesn't mind going to the hairdresser down the street and letting them perm her hair. I don't know. The hair didn't. The hair didn't bug me. <laughs> it's it not something me. that stood out for me. Um, I did. Oh, all, and, and, yeah. and the other thing I will say too about her hair is you can tell that after three episodes they realized what they were doing because slowly her hair curls start to unfold in the last two episodes, and you're like, oh yeah, they realized that they made a mistake making it look not as disheveled. Let the record show that I tried to move us on from the hair. No, curling, we will but... talk about hair. Okay, well here you go. I'm I'm gonna. So here's the thing, quarter right. It's the it's amazing. I'm playing the clip. Thank you. No! Do what? Do what? Hey! Whoa, 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 Stop, 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 stop! Hey! You got bit! It's how you live! No. Do it! No, 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 no! Kids can wear them! Kids can't tear them! The tufted cord and durable sticks make it bite-proof! I'm not bit! Look! It's like... cloth armor. Yeah. Industrial corduroy. <sighs> Industrial corduroy, Lou. It's it should be what everyone's wearing. It kind of looks like what the CRM are wearing, honestly. Actually, there's the, the things that the CRM are wearing. You're like, yeah, that's definitely bite proof. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we talk about foreshadowing with the metal ball scene, but also. Um, uh, Elton loses an arm. Loses an arm. He yep. gets bitten. And it was at the last second. Like it's literally like there's like five minutes left before like the end of the series, and he jumps out and let uh, save somebody's life and gets bit. You're like, oh no, don't tell me he's gonna die. And then they you see him without yeah. an arm, and you're like, all right. If cool. he like, I think if he had died, I think it would have. It, I, I don't want to say it would have been fine. I really liked him as a character. And I'm glad that they did the whole cut off his arm. He's fine bit. Like, I feel like this show has established enough that if you get bit and you, you try to, you know, amputate the limb or wherever, um, and that works, like, it's believable now. Like, I feel like it's happened enough in this show or this series or this universe that it's like, okay, I'm fine with that. You know, if you get it right away. And like, I, I really dug the foreshadowing here. I thought it was really well done. And again, didn't feel, you know, um, forced, you know, uh, it, it kind of it kind of worked. Um, I've got uh, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Let's let's talk about the ending because um, oh, well, not the ending, but the the post credits would it's a stinger. But like, it really feels as though it's building off of um this larger world that the CRM appears to be a part of, but also like what is shown is like a, um, a disheveled, uh, like, uh, research facility in France. Um, and we get the CDC guy back. I, 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 they brought him back in. So again, like talking about connective tissues, 
really interesting to see them bring him back as if he's uh, it's a recorded video of him talking to his colleagues um, in Paris, uh, which makes perfect sense because the first thing you're going to do in what is a pandemic is start to work as a, as, as a world to solve it. And he also talks about that in um, that episode back on episode, I think it's episode five of uh, the, the first season of Walking Dead. He has a line of dialogue, I believe, with with Rick at some point where he was like, yeah, I was talking to my colleagues overseas until we lost contact. Yeah. And he bas- it, it establishes that the whole world has been infected. It is not just it's not just the the America that and Canada and Mexico that's been infected. It's the whole world. This is a global thing. Yeah, and this stinger is uh, it, it serves a few purposes. There's some mystery going on where there's talk of like there's some things about it I like. There's some things about it I don't like. Um, uh, there's some questions I have. And not good questions. And then there's some cool things that I like what they're doing. But, you know, there's some things I like, some things I don't like. Okay. Is one of your questions have to do with anyone's hair? Because I'm going to stop you right now. Okay, go ahead. No, we're not going to talk about anybody's hair. Um, There is a line of dialogue. This guy shows up and he points a gun at this scientist lady as she backs up the data off these drives. And... The guy says something about, like, what group are you with? Uh, like, what lab team are you with or whatever? And she says something like, I'm with the Lily group or the something or other group. And she he goes, you're not with the Primrose? And she's like, the Primrose are gone. And he's like, what do you mean they're gone? And she's like, like, they left and they've gone to Ohio. And I'm like... No, Toledo, they say. And he's like, Toledo, Spain or something? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And, and and she says something about something. And he says something about, like, in other words, uh, well, they made it worse. And then you're, the big twist is, is at the end, he shoots her and she becomes a fast zombie. And I'm like, that's fine. Okay. But A, you're showing us France and mm-hmm. you're showing us somebody talking about Spain. And then she dies and becomes a fast zombie. How does that get to America when we can't cross overseas? Well, okay. That's the thing is, uh, first of all, I think um, it's really interesting that they're finally showing us something off of North America. That is amazing. I'm super glad they did it. And they found a way to connect it to the main series. Again, amazing work. Um, I think the idea, I totally missed this and I'm glad you mentioned it. I like the idea that they've established that this variant may have something to do with uh, labs tampering with the virus. That's, that's an interesting angle as well. Again, looking at science is like science was a thing of hope in world beyond, especially season two. And this stinger is showing science kind of messed this up further, which happens. And, uh, but the, here's the thing. When I saw her change, she definitely changed quickly after she was shot. But, like, I didn't get, like, when I was reading the articles, like, oh, fast zombies are a thing in the universe now. And I'm like, I didn't get the sense that these were 
like the fast zombies, but more, uh, they were definitely fast to turn, but like there were more ragey zombies, you know? She moves from that desk to that door, and that's probably a good 30 or 40 feet, and she crosses that distance in a second or two. Okay. I probably needed to watch it again. You need to watch just that moment again, because when she goes that way, you go, oh, we're getting 28 Days Later style zombies. Right. Okay, so yeah, I, I certainly missed a few things in that, but I liked I liked this stinger. I think that uh, unlike unlike you, like I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, how's this going to get to America? Like, I, it's not. I don't think it comes to America. If they bring it to America, then that's not the interesting angle here. I think the interesting angle is let's explore Europe. You know, let's look at what what this story is. That's the interesting angle, and that's where I hope they go. I don't want them to mysteriously bring it to America. If they go where you want it to go, I'm all in. I'm excited. Well, that's the angle, right? But that's the angle. If they don't do that angle, and they use this as a way to add more drama to the already existing shows, like that's going to be them. It's going to be them officially jumping the shark. Yeah, I think. I think more and more people will start toning out at that point. I I think that I have I have. What little faith I have left for AMC. I feel as though this is them setting up a portion of Tales from the Walking Dead where they can experiment. And I think that's where the anthology side of this new series could be really handy and and really jumpstart the whole universe. I don't I don't want or need fast zombies coming over to to the Walking Dead proper, like or fear or what have you. Um I would rather see it explored in an, in a new area like in a new i don't think we're suddenly going to get um a walking dead show that is fully subtitled and in french but i could see it being an episode for sure yeah i, I think they did a really great job uh i don't speak french but like what i did catch is like yeah that sounds that sounds really good i think they did a good job um I would love to see more of that. I would love to see more of... I love that they include the CDC guy. Uh, they talk about variants. It's weird because, like, in the... And this goes back to how people perceive science and how they talk about it, and they say, oh, do your own research. Um, the CDC guy is more saying, like, it's interesting that you guys have variants there. We haven't seen anything like that in America. It seemed... It was a one-sided conversation, but it very much seemed like it wasn't the scientist that caused the variant. It, it had just happened. But this person that walked, we don't get any context for who the person is backing up the drives or who the person in, is coming in with the gun. We don't know who these people are, but like clearly the guy with the gun is very angry at what is this scientist. And the scientist is just answering questions. We don't get a whole lot of information there, but like, was almost too vague. It like, was super vague. Like, like I saw the internet going crazy about this. And I was like, I was like, all right, I'm interested, but you haven't told me enough to make me care yet. The, the, the AMC has done enough to make me ask a bunch of questions, but I'm not sure I care about the questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm more interested in let's see what happens in let's wrap up. Let's wrap up regular Walking Dead. Let's uh, let's see where next see where the rest of this season of Fear the Walking Dead goes. Let's. Like, like you're showing me stuff that you're not answering my questions. Give me a trailer for the Rick movie. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You're right. This feels like another, like the ending to the world beyond, 
feels like they've given us two branching paths. Um, I feel like both of them lead to, well, one leads probably to the Rick movie and the other leads to Tales from the Walking Dead. But I'm also worried that they could be like, look, fast zombies exist in Europe and then completely drop it. There's no reason for them to continue down that thread outside of like testing the waters. And I, and I think the waters were tested in a way where people are interested in seeing where this leads. But AMC could easily just be like, no, that was just a special little thing where the CRMs kind of connected to the outside world. So we, we gave you this, this look and maybe we'll go back to it. Maybe we won't. And that's been the interviews with Scott Gimble after this is just like, I like some of these characters and I'd like to see where their future lies. But right now we don't have, it's just like, it's so vague and it's like, we don't have anything to talk about. It's like, yet you're telling me you've announced a Carol and Daryl spinoff like two years before it's supposed to start and spoiled their characters fates uh yeah. of season 11 is like come on dude like pick your battles here <laughs> it's so weird ah lou i don't know um okay well is there anything else to be said about this or can we put series uh the you know can we put the world beyond behind us let's put the world beyond behind us besides me making jokes about it down the road okay perfect well then that sounds like a, a fair deal to me uh, before we wrap up, coming up on Zamp in 2022, when we return, uh, The Walking Dead will continue. We got one more to go uh, before the return of season 11 in February. We have Fear the Walking Dead's uh, mid-season wrap-up to go over. Uh, we're also looking forward to our Zombie 2022 in preview, so we'll have that as well. And of course, our Extra Life donation zombie movies. We have uh, The Dead 2 and go home still on our list and if you want to donate bit.ly slash extra life ryan and you'll be able to add to that list as well we have a follow-up from our listener feedback from last week uh which is a follow-up on an email from jackie it turns out funny enough one of our listeners in our discord is from iowa and had uh this to share on zombie burger which was the restaurant we talked about last episode that place is legit best shakes ever. So it sounds like it's a really good place to go eat if you're in the Des Moines area, the Iowa area. Um, I think we had a little geographical glitch last uh, Yeah, we were, we, were, we were talking about Iowa, and for some reason I was thinking Idaho. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, it happens, especially when one of your uh, co-hosts is Canadian and knows nothing about American geography. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Zombie Burger, uh Someone in Discord has been there, really enjoys it, and they were quick to chime in on that. As I said, uh, last chance for Extra Life, bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. Donate. It all goes to charity, and you get us to watch zombie films. I mentioned our Discord. Go to bit.ly slash Zamp Discord, and you can join in the conversation. And you can ask our lovely Iowa person about Zombie Burger. It sounds like it's a really good place to eat. Uh, I want to thank our patrons, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. All of the support from there goes directly back into the show to pay for hosting and podcast related expenses. So uh, we really appreciate all the support. Uh, you can go to our website, zombies ate my podcast.com. Email us info at zombies ate my podcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at zombies podcast, like us on Facebook as well. And if you're on Twitter, you can follow me at R Murphy and Lou at busy zombie Lord. Quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork at joelduggan.com. Thank you so much. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, but before we go, Lou, any final words of wisdom from you, the busy zombie lord? I've never watched a world beyond again. 
Eventually, the rat will get tired. But the dead won't. Not ever. They're perpetually in motion. <laughs>